I want to shoot you and drink your blood. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this week we have Harry Potter and the hoax tweet. Ugh, I was bamboozled. Got him again. <laughs> Gambit has a start date, Mike. Uh, we'll see. Yep. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns in space this week. Ooh. And more. And more. So in an attempt not to stretch the show, because it feels like the, the news is a little shorter this week, but I do genuinely want to know how your Thanksgiving went. Uh, Over here in the States, uh, we have a holiday called Thanksgiving, which is basically eat as much turkey and mashed potatoes as you can. But I am always curious kind of what other people's traditions are around this holiday. So uh, what what did you do, Chris? Uh, On Thursday, I went to my wife's family in in, uh, Indianapolis. Um, So that's a day trip for that. And then Friday, I avoided the sales. I avoided the shopping. I sat at home and worked on my arcade computer that plays all the arcade games and every other old video game that you can imagine. Nice, nice. Got it working a little better. It's a, you know, step by step process. And then went to my family's for dinner that evening, which you know consists of you know it's not much of a dinner. It's more of like a always like a family reunion. Like everyone just dicks around and like jokes and has a good time there. So we stayed there until probably midnight from like five or four thirty to midnight. Nice. Um, and then we, we had to drive home. So that, so was, that was fun. What what is your quintessential Thanksgiving food item? Like what is the – it cannot be the holiday without it. Mine has to – well, see, I always get – Thanksgiving food and Christmas food to me are like the same spread. In they my do book. overlap. They do they, overlap. But I will never – I always have to have hand like mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Not the box stuff, because I like a little bit of texture to mine. Like I mm-hmm. like a little bit of texture. They don't need to be smooth all the way through, but nothing beats those those, those potatoes of, it, of that nature. It's funny because I've kind of been giving out this survey question to a couple people, and that's usually what they say. Like the like homemade mashed potatoes are usually what people are looking forward to when it comes to Thanksgiving. So uh, it's you're holding true to the statistic, Chris. I am a basic bitch to my thanksgiving food if i had my my choice of meats though it's always white meat turkey i'm a dark meat guy but to be honest when it comes to leftovers the dark meat doesn't hold up too well in the fridge it's it's a little it's a little bit more fibrous kind of hard to chew into on as a cold sandwich but my bang the biggest bang for my buck is the leftover turkey day sandwich I mean, you, you, what you got to do is you can't just use regular sandwich bread, you know, head to the grocery store the day after, get a nice like hoagie roll or something from the deli section. Sourdough is my, my go-to. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Cut it open. You got to put down cranberry uh, dressing or cranberry sauce on the bread. Lay down your turkey. You're going to put stuffing on this sandwich. Yes, I know you're putting bread inside of bread, but it's worth it. And then you, what you want to do is you want to slice up some fresh onion, throw some onion on that sandwich, throw in, throw in some greens if you got it. Arugula works really well. Drizzle some like balsamic vinaigrette on there with a little bit of olive oil. And man, it's like so good. It's like the best sandwich. I look forward to it every year. That is it, the most work for a leftover 
food sandwich I've ever heard of. Oh, it takes a lot of work and I'm always, I'm looking forward to it so much every year. And since it takes so long to assemble, I just get so antsy and I start rushing it towards the end. I was like, no, slow down, Mike. This is your sandwich. Take your time. You need at least five (laughs) movies to set up this, this assembly, this, this team assembly. Yes, exactly. You need your, you need your standalone cranberry sauce. Your origin cranberry movie here. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta do a team up movie between the bread and the stuffing just because they're so closely related. And a know. Netflix show for you know the the Italian vinaigrette that you're you're pouring on here. Oh yeah, and the, the turkey is where it culminates. That's that's the end of phase one is just finishing the turkey. The turkey. <laughs> well, oh man, but that sandwich, man, I look forward to it. It's great. And my wife went went all out with the dessert this year. She's a she's very much a dessert gal when it comes to what she likes to cook and bake. She made a turducken dessert. Now don't let the don't let the name of animals fool you. It's just uh, she made put put three desserts in one. She made a really really big cake, cut the center out of the cake, dropped in a pie, cut the center out of the pie, and then dropped in a pumpkin roll, which is based. I don't know if you've heard of a pumpkin roll, but it's kind of like a giant Swiss roll almost. Pumpkin roll. Yeah. So when you so from the Midwest too, Mike, I know exactly (laughs) what you're eating. Well, I don't know. So when you when you slice basically when you slice a piece of this dessert, you get all three kind of like concentric circles. It's like a like a bullseye almost. But it was crazy, big crowd pleaser. But so good Turkey Day. Um, But when Turkey Day comes around, I would say the news is almost a little bit lighter. It is. But I gotta ask, did you do any Black Friday shopping? Because I did. I did lose a bet to one of our listeners oh you did um regarding justice league it was debatable he said i didn't have to but i bought him a superhero slate shirt on sale because they had black friday sales oh nice okay cool but yeah did you you get anything i didn't do much black friday shopping just because i think the term black friday or at least the day has kind of lost a lot of its meaning because i think since most people just shop online anyway and there's so much competition out there black friday pretty much is going on all weekend and then it resurges again on monday for like cyber monday so i didn't really go anywhere to buy anything but i did do a lot of online shopping for like friends and family for the holidays so i did find some good deals out there um but uh, i haven't bought anything that i want you know that's the thing yeah. once you get towards this time of the year you can't buy yourself anything that you want because there's always a fear that someone's gonna buy it for you anyway so it's just like i gotta wait until i gotta wait until the holiday's over before maybe i pick up uh, that apple tv it's, it's dangerous yeah i agree I, I did um some small business saturday shopping at my comic book store picked up some oh, trades yeah I told some people that we had over for Thanksgiving that, you know, Black Friday uh, is a great time to go to comic book stores because I, I I follow a couple of them on Twitter out here in the area and they were doing like 50% off sales. Like you could go in there and get a trade for 50% off. That's a that's the best deal your comic book store is ever going to have. Yeah. So I picked up some East of West and Wicked and Divine trades I didn't have. And um, I, 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 you know, I collect the pop vinyls, right? Oh, I, th- I think you mentioned that, Chris. The, the Funko has plenty of other lines, actually. And one's called Vinyls, V-Y-N-L. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no I in it because there's they always come in two packs. Mm-hmm. So I got a Bumble and a, um, U- was it a Yukon Cornelius from the, the Rudolph Claymation. Oh, okay, I was those. like, Chris, what words are you saying? What franchises? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that's my Christmas purchases for this year. I'm not a Christmas person. Like, people celebrate it way too long. I'm like, give me two weeks of it. <laughs> I don't need a month. Bit um, of a curmudgeon over there, aren't you? I am. Also, before we start the news, I hate the word doorbuster. I, <laughs> that is the stupidest, most overused word I've ever heard in my life. What does it okay. even mean? What does it even mean? What, bo- what doors are busting? None of them. <laughs> They're all fine. So... The hell with it. Let's get with the news. <laughs> uh, I just, I love that. All the doors are fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're good. None of them were busted. They still work the next <laughs> day. 
Um, so in a surprise news, we've known there's a Deathstroke movie on the thing. We've seen the test footage before, but Joe Manganiello went on and shared a widescreen version of our first real good look of an unmasked Deathstroke in the DC Extended Universe here. Yeah, I mean, I, is it a... I don't know. Is it? Do we say where this comes from? Is that a spoiler? I'm not saying it because we we know we've seen the footage before. We've seen the test footage. It was officially released, and this was officially released. So, hopefully, this is from an upcoming Deathstroke movie. <laughs> wait, Maybe. Wait. No, I mean, but I'm not gonna tell you where it comes from. But I mean, you don't you don't see this exact shot anywhere. So, um, I guess what I'm looking at here is he looks just like the Arrow version, except maybe like 20 years older. Yeah, they're definitely making him look older, which does, I guess, make sense in the context of this universe where everybody is a little bit older. So, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I wanted the Batman to have Deathstroke as the villain because I thought that would have been cool. But now, a Deathstroke standalone movie? Like, I don't know anything about Deathstroke. (laughs) Yeah, I, I know he was an arrow and he's got an eye patch and what looks to be seatbelts holding his armor on. And it uh, looks like he's got like a steak knife coming out of the back of his shoulder. Very much so. <laughs> what I really am impressed with is, is they got Cyborg's sister in the bottom right there with her <laughs> eye to, to be a part of this image. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, wait a minute. Is that is that a robot eye? I was like, no, I think it's just uh, awkward placement. But uh, they uh, the DCEU could have a whole line of people with weird eye patches. Because uh, I believe Deadshot also kind of has a weird bulging eye patch, and I think it's Des- not an eye patch, but he has like the the scope eye. Yeah, but the the way Deathstroke's eye patch looks makes me think it's got some sort of tech in it because it's not just like an, a pirate eye patch that you put on because your eye was gouged out. It looks like there's something going on in there. It's like a little slit going, like a little eye slit, like a like a robot eye going on in there. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, he's his his armor is worn. He's got grenades on his shoulders. I mean, he doesn't look bad. This is not a bad version of this, but it's not drastically different from the one we've seen on Arrow already. And to me, that might be a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, he looks badass. We'll just have to see. I don't know. I just can't trust anything coming out of a uh, coming out of uh, the DCE right now, man. Yeah. I need uh, I need some good faith. We've got know? some we've got some bad tastes, but that at least that image looks good, right? Yeah, it okay. looks good. It looks good. And we have some bad taste because of Justice League, and that's our next thing here. Um, they have released some news on Justice League. The original end credit scene actually featured Green Lanterns coming to Earth to oh, warn wow. Batman about Darkseid. That's, I mean... And, and we, we've, I think we've reported on that before, that it was supposed to have Green Lanterns in the end. That was supposed to be yeah, a big reveal. I'm trying to think how I feel about this, because there, I don't think there's any end credit scene that could have saved this movie. So I don't think maybe even putting in a Green Lantern end credit scene would have made me happy or sad. Uh, I thought maybe what they did in the movie was all right with the with the ring flying off uh, the dead lantern's finger. That was all right with me. Mm-hmm. But it would kind of been nice to see more of the lanterns. You know, I'm waiting for a gift to be put up online of that one kind of like hammer swing that we saw of the lantern because I'd like to see that again because I'm not going to spend money to go watch Justice <laughs> League again. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. So I think this would have worked in the original script of the film the original script of the film had um superman actually be evil the whole time and end on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. um well as we know this movie has been reworked several times so what we ended up getting was definitely not what the original thing was they actually filmed this green lantern scene meeting batman but they've never they'll never use it so i think maybe in the original version of this movie it worked but in the one we got i'm glad they didn't use it 
I'm yeah, on, I'm on your page. <laughs> well, I mean, it used to. They used to say unite the seven, and I think one of the lanterns was supposed to be the seventh. So maybe this was going to be their kind of a uh, wink and nod to get that seventh one in there. But well, I don't know. We'll have to see. But we're operating this in this whole universe where all of this stuff has happened already. So. It, is, uh, it doesn't seem like a Green Lantern movie is going to be an origin movie. It seems like maybe when that, like, I'm curious where that ring went. Did that, because uh, obviously this was a long time ago, centuries ago. So did the ring fly back off into space? Or did it did it detach to somebody else and somebody else was like the Green Lantern, <laughs> like back in the prehistoric ages? I'm not too sure. Yeah, they definitely didn't show, but um, I'm excited to see some more Green Lanterns. Because that battle, we're talking about this battle where the Green Lanterns were, and this is in the trailers, so it's not like it's, you know, too too spoilery here. Um, but, like, they, they did show that also the old gods appeared in the film. Um, and, you know, we have our screenshot of the people who actually played the old gods. Uh, the, the version of Ares, Artemis, and Zeus, who Ares we've seen already in Wonder Woman. Um, Artemis and then Zeus is technically Wonder Woman's father, but these are like some of the most ripped people I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh my God. I clicked on the picture that you can check out in our show notes. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't even look real. Like yeah. the, like these people were specifically cast as like, we are looking for the most buff people on the planet that, that fit the demographics for these gods. And like, Jesus Christ, Zeus there on the right, like his shoulder looks like you could rip it off and like beat someone to death with it. It looks like so heavy, but that dude on the left looks nothing like, um, looks nothing like, uh, that Harry Potter guy from uh, Wonder Woman at <laughs> well, all. <laughs> well, I think they decided to get like, even back then we were talking about this weekend, like Aries had the mustache even when they did the flashbacks to old Greece. Yeah. And like this guy doesn't have them. They're like, now we're going to get rid of the mustache. Yeah. They literally, they gave him facial hair except for a mustache. Yeah. So, so you can check these out. I think it's cool to see this. Um, even though, you know, I, it's not spoilers that they, they don't play a huge role in the film, but it's, it's cool God. to see these actors play. They're so buff. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's, there's not a, uh, there is a, a beard, but not a mustache to be found here. Because they probably didn't have to CGI it on anybody. Oh my gosh! Because we have more information in Mustache Mustache Gate. This is round two. <laughs> ding ding. So I didn't think this was news. I thought this was already fact. But apparently Paramount turned down Warner Brothers' offer to add a CGI mustache onto Henry Cavill for Mission Impossible Six. Oh my god! And gosh. as we saw in Justice League, Paramount did the right thing. <laughs> because there's no amount of CGI mustache or no mustache that's going to look right. I don't, I don't know. to that point yet. I think adding a CGI mustache would be much easier the other way around. So, but at the same time, it's just like Par- like Paramount has the upper hand. I don't know why they would. They concede. have the upper lip as well. <laughs> I th- I think the only deal Paramount would accept would be something that maybe wasn't financial. You know, I think they would have maybe wanted the rights to something, or maybe they want a profit share and something. You know, it's it's got to be pretty big. They got to think that they're going to have the upper hand because, you know, Paramount has is in no reason to to turn down to like to turn down their their stash. So, oh man, that's just so funny. It's so funny that we're talking about this. It is <laughs> a mustache. So, I mean, I have seen people put mustaches on, like fake mustaches on people, like in movie sets, uh-huh. and they look really super real. Like, you know, you'd only have to touch it up in CGI maybe a little bit if it didn't look right. But, like, mm-hmm. that's so much easier. But Paramount, they stuck to their guns. They were like, to hell with you, Warner <laughs> Brothers. 
It's just so, it's just so hilarious. I love that this mustache gate. I love that mustache gate is a term in 2017. Really making me enjoy this year a little bit more. Yeah, it's one of the highlights, I suppose, of, of 2017. Now I really got to see the other side of this movie. I got to see that new Mission Impossible movie just so I can glory in that like multi-million dollar stash that he sports. Yeah. Because now was... that because now that mustache has intrinsic financial value. We know what that is. And uh, what do you what do you think it's like? I think I actually saw the dollar amount of this, but I don't remember what it was. Was was it like a, it was a couple million for sure for the CGI? Yeah, what was it? Would they offered like thirteen million for some reason? I'm thinking three in there somewhere. I was gonna say twenty five. Oh, but he, so that's a twenty five million dollar stash that Henry Cavill's like walking around with. That's impressive. And he probably shaved it off immediately. Impossible <laughs> 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 Six is done. He probably should have saved it in like little baggies and sold it online. Oh my gosh, I I may have considered it if it was affordable <laughs> yeah well 25 million i don't know so yeah so justice league the the news uh, continues it was second place this week at the box office to coco which we'll talk about later uh shazam uh we just mentioned this but zeus who stands for the z in shazam made an appearance in justice league that we just showed you this actually news uh-huh. came earlier and then they finally showed this picture of the old gods today so um I, I think that's cool that shazam is kind of being built up a little bit more as we go not directly, but like you can see the seeds of the Shazam character in the powers, you mm-hmm. know, slowly over time. I think Wonder Woman will build a lot of that out. Um, but uh, Kyle Gardner, uh, Thor: The Dark World, and I believe Je- or Aquaman has been hired as a stunt coordinator for Shazam. There you go, getting work out there. <laughs> was it? Hold on, I gotta look. At this. Maybe it wasn't the Dark World. Maybe he was in Thor: Ragnarok. Well, Not, either way. Uh, I, stunt coordinators are getting, I think, a lot more um, a lot more recognition as of late when it comes to places like John Wick, and I think even Atomic Blonde was uh, made by uh, stunt coordinators in the past. So I don't know. Maybe we should just make Kyle Gardner the director of Shazam. Oh, there he, he was. Thor Ragnarok, not Dark World. I'm stupid, but he also did the first uh, Kingsman uh, stunts as well. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of stunt stuff under his name. So if you go back and look at his uh, his IMDb page. Huge. Not a lot of not a lot of great ones, but he's got some good ones in there. So uh, I'm gonna update that to say Thor Ragnarok because I must have had the Dark World on the brain. Uh, Batgirl is on the horizon as well. There were reports that be, due to Justice League's poor performance, uh, Joss Whedon's would be off of Batgirl. But no, they're very much Batgirl is still on. Joss Whedon is still writing and directing it. And he's in the middle of writing and working on the script. So yeah, I feel like uh, an approach that Warner Brothers maybe should consider for these movies going forward is maybe just don't put so much on the line with each one. You know, maybe drop the budgets on them a little bit and just kind of let the directors kind of do their own thing. You know, so if, if don't give Joss Whedon you know three hundred million dollars to do Batgirl, which I don't think it would be three hundred million dollars, but you know maybe do a little bit more of a modest budget, see what he can do with maybe eighty million dollars in a Batgirl movie, and then, like, maybe if it turns out uh, to be really good, you'll actually make some money, you know? Yeah, and I don't think, you know, Justice League is no single person's fault. So saying that it underperformed because of Joss Whedon is a little unfair because he kind of got handed the film in an unfortunate circumstance and did the best of what he could. Oh, movie, well, I, you know, well so. I would just say, yeah, I don't think he's the, at fault either. I would just say in general, like they had so much writing on this Justice League movie when it came to their whole franchise going forward. They just poured so much money into it. 
Like, I just feel like in general, Hollywood's going to start backswinging away from these really big blockbuster movies that aren't proven to work. Obviously, Star Wars is always going to be an expensive movie to make. So is the Marvel movies. But I feel like maybe this middle range movie that has kind of disappeared as of late, maybe will come back because it's just less of a risk, but you still have the possibility of like getting a franchise out of it and a lot of spectacle out of it. If you just drop the budget a little bit, you know, basically instead of making like three gigantic $500 million movies a year, like maybe make 10, $250 million movies a year, you know, that makes too much sense, Mike. They don't do it. Well, there you go. That's my idea. But Joss is still on board to write and direct. I think it'll be a smaller film and maybe something more of his, just letting him do what he needs to do. So, mm-hmm. knock on wood, Batgirl comes out. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trusting that. Uh, Joss Whedon has also been tied to another property this week. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the play that also had a book, but it was like the book version of the play. Uh, there was some stuff going out that Joss Whedon was to write and direct this movie. And Mike told me this, and I said, I don't believe you. <laughs> And you Where's were your right, source, of and then we Google it, and it was like, no, there's this is all a big hoax. So. I was bamboozled just to uh, placate myself a little bit here. Uh, I did not click on any link because I'm a schmutz, and I should have done that. <laughs> um, I just saw a tweet that was, I think it was retweeted from Variety, but I'm guessing that there's a Twitter account out there that's at Variety or Variety TV or Variety something. So I thought it was actually an official source, and it wasn't. But I was bamboozled, I was uh, grifted, I was short-shifted, but there's going to be no Joss Whedon uh, Cursed Child movie. I did make a little bit of sense at first, just because it's all within the Warner Brothers family. So I was just like, oh, maybe Joss Whedon just just has a love uh, for uh, Harry Potter. But I feel really bad right now, because Chris, you just told me that this was fake, like maybe like 20 minutes ago. But last night, I told my wife, who's like the biggest Harry Potter fan, that this was going to be happening. And now I got to like wait for her to come back from her from her day out to like let her down it's like oh sorry they're not turning this into a movie i they're they are going to turn cursed child into a movie it's almost uh, i would say it's almost a certainty at some point in time just not right now they, they're going to do five fantastic beast movies first <laughs> so yeah eventually yeah I, I i don't see it not becoming a thing but I, it, yeah it'll take a little time and if anything you know this is proven um check your sources so <laughs> don't be um, like mike don't be like Mike, and I'm I'm honestly probably more disappointed your wife didn't doubt you immediately and go check because you know she's she's out there in the in the stuff as well. <laughs> so um, yeah, just oh well, it happens, it happens. A <laughs> uh, little update on the Venom movie: the character, according to uh, one of the stunt coordinators, um, will turn into an eight foot four inch beast. So Venom is not going to be just a human sized version of Venom; like he will be the big huge version of Venom that we're familiar with in the comic books, at least. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, He does seem to be a little bit more human-sized, kind of when I think about his character in the Spider-Man comic books. Um, just kind of more like maybe six foot, seven foot tall. When I think like eight foot or taller, I kind of think of the ultimate version of uh-huh. Venom in the Spider-Man comic books, you know, he kind of like barely fits into a room when he walks into it. Uh, I, I guess it's good news. It's good news that we're hearing out of the Venom movie. It's a movie that I don't think we need. So right. I, I guess good news is welcome. We got we to gotta find what little light we can in these dark times. Mike. <laughs> and I, to me, Venom's always been taller. Like the, the six foot version is what we kind of got in Spider-Man three. 
Yeah, like, we do not we do not need a Topher Grace Venom. <laughs> a a, a black like everyone wanted the black Superman suit, and I I feel we would have just gotten the Spider Man three black Spider Man suit again. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so eight foot four inch to me actually fits his like original incarnation when he was tall and like broad as a barn and like just mm-hmm. unnaturally muscular and and veiny. So like this is fitting in right kind of with what I I think with that, and they're they're trying. They're trying real hard to put out good news about this movie, man. Keep trying. So uh, we'll knock on wood. Hopefully it comes out in October. Maybe we'll get something um, in the springtime. I don't think Super Bowl. Man, not Super Bowl. That's around the corner now. But like maybe not Super Bowl ready, but maybe a little after that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to uh, wait and see. In a movie Mike doesn't think will exist, uh, <laughs> another one that we, we, we're not too excited for, Gambit is here. And they've, they've casted another lead character, uh, the actress Lizzie Kaplan, she was actually in a Marvel short, Item 47. Uh, mm-hmm. She joins the cast. And I don't know her character's name in it, but she is now part of the movie. So if you were wondering if they were going to cast anybody else, they finally did. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yep, and the production is set to start February in New Orleans and go through up through June or July. And the release date is still set for February 14th, 2019, Valentine's Day. So oh, That is until somebody buys the whole studio. Who knows what's going to happen with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny if this movie does eventually finally get made. And just like the day before they flip the camera on for the first scene, they're just like, everybody stop. We were just bought by Disney or Sony. They'll wrap it up. We're not filming this anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have to. We're going to have to see. I mean. I I'm getting I'm getting the vibe that it's it's gonna happen and we've just got to um, brace ourselves for it. And <laughs> just de- we just gotta deal with it, I guess. Just deal with, like this this and Venom. If we get through this and Venom, we'll be fine. Uh, but Fox isn't slowing down because they're gonna give us X Men Dark Phoenix just as well. And apparently, one of the old like not the old but like the original no, the second trilogy cast members, one of the main ones, will die by impalement from the Phoenix. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it will be either Mag- Mystique, Magneto, Professor Xavier, or Beast. Now, if you were to pick one of these characters to die, who do you think it would be? Well, I would want Mystique to die because I think Jennifer Lawrence needs to get out of this franchise as soon as possible because too much attention is put on her and not all the other characters that could possibly be awesome. So I'd want it to be Mystique, but I almost have a feeling that Maybe it might be Magneto. I know it kind of ruins maybe the future of the franchise when it comes to the timeline, but I guess maybe they're not too worried about the timeline anymore. But I just feel like Michael Fassbender just has other things that he wants to do and just doesn't want to be Magneto anymore. Like, uh, I feel like he maybe wants to move on to different franchises. So I, I want Mystique, but I'm leaning towards Magneto. So none of these characters had to return. Um, all their contracts were up. So they've all willingly returned and the one person who had the least nicest things to say about it beforehand was jennifer lawrence Uh and to me mystique has probably the least effect on the universe going forward Mm -hmm. um i think so i believe she will die if not beast yeah well chris i like what you're saying so (laughs) because those are both i think the least impactful going forward um, and then they won't have to pull some sort of you've been resurrected and recast kind of thing later on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because X Men probably pays pretty good money for for these older characters to keep coming back, and you know paychecks talk. Yeah, so, that's true. So I think Magneto and Xavier are safe. Uh, the two blue ones are not. 
so we'll, we'll we'll figure out which one that is that's out in i think november still um so we've got a little bit to go uh star wars is around the corner of the last jedi three weeks less than three weeks we are now mike yeah, I, I'm seeing the first uh, billboards popping up around town right now. There's, there, I think they're doing like kind of character billboards because I got a Poe, I got a Poe Dameron on uh, one of my streets uh, near my place. Okay, well that's cool. One of the characters you're not going to see, however, is Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. He will apparently not be in Episode Eight. Oh, unless they're pulling our leg, which at this point I don't trust anything coming out of Star Wars. Yeah, I wonder why they're making the distinction that he's not going to be in Episode Eight. Maybe they're trying to say, "Oh, that's because he's going to be in Episode Nine. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I guess my assumption would be like, "Hey, this is not a rehash of the Empire Strikes Back." Like trying to distinguish that again. <laughs> yeah, that might be a good point. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see Billy D. Williams to return, to be honest. So if he did pop up, it would just be a pleasant surprise i suppose yeah uh yeah exactly like maybe just like oh he's on a com link somewhere or a hologram uh at most but um i can't the, the worst part about star wars is everyone's going to see star wars okay mm-hmm. everyone stop playing tv spots on every channel because i can't avoid <laughs> them if i'm watching something like and now because they're, they're on everywhere like you can't not see a star wars tv spot um they well, even had Chris- a special preview before coco Oh man! So I you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to ditch your cable, Chris. Ditch those commercials. Save yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I try not to watch them, but like, even like when I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna just sit down and put this movie on in the background. Now Star Wars in there. They, <laughs> they sneak it in. So uh, yeah, if you want to avoid any new Star Wars stuff, just get out now. Like <laughs> unplug. Like go live in the woods. Get a tent. Live like you're 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 camping out for Black Friday sales. <laughs> That's how I recommend it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, James Gunn did a surprising move and released the entire script online this week. Oh, cool. I don't know if you saw that or not. Um, no, I, I I, mean, I don't really know how and when and if scripts get released out to the public. I know the Writers Guild out here um, on on this side of the, on the country, I think they have a library where you can go in and rent out scripts. So maybe you can get it there, but um, it's cool that he put it out there online for people. Yeah, he put it out there online and showed like you know, only like maybe two things like changed drastically from the the, the script that he showed to the final movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Adam Warlock wasn't in one of the scenes, like maybe not one of the in credit scenes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I haven't read it. I haven't gone through it, but I mean, that's a, that's a lot of confidence in your movie and your, your director <laughs> and your abilities to just be like, here's the script we shot with. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, he, he wrote the movie. So obviously yeah. it was probably read by some other people and touched up, but you know, he's probably pretty proud of it, you know, proud of his movie, proud of his work. So put it out there for other people. And also I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets a lot of private messages on social media that he doesn't respond to, but maybe he reads that says, Oh, I can't find the script anywhere. You know, is there any place you can put it up? So maybe he's just responding well, to a uh, fan outreach. Well, technically he wouldn't own the script. Marvel would. So I even bigger applause to them for saying, yeah, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Like um, showing like, Hey, yes, our writers do their own movies. Like we're not telling them what to do kind of thing. Like this is, this is his script. He did it. This is the movie you got. So yeah. congratulations. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I also saw, just kind of looking at the box office stuff this week, um, I'm pretty sure um, what I just say here, Thor Ragnarok has passed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at the box office um, somewhere along the way. I don't remember where I saw this at, but 
It definitely is. Do you, I mean, can you can you imagine we're in a time where Thor has <laughs> Guardians? That's pretty impressive considering how um, how quickly the first Guardians just busted. You know, it, it was a doorbuster, if you will, Chris. That first Guardians movie just impressed everybody. Had the star power of Chris Pratt, a bunch of awesome characters. Everybody fell in love with them. Then uh, the sequel comes out because um, I think the first Guardians movie was that a summer movie or was a or a winter release? I'm trying to recall. It was August first. Yeah, so uh, Guardians two comes back at the very beginning of the summer, ready to reap in that box office, but. I don't know. The box office at the beginning of the summer was pretty sour. So, um, but Thor Ragnarok, you're performing well. You're an awesome movie. That's awesome for you. Um, I have not rewatched Guardians two yet. I don't own it, but I might be even longer before I own it again because I think it's coming to Netflix in December. So maybe I'll just watch it there for free. Yeah, until you gotta get that Disney streaming service. Yeah, that's true. That's gonna cost me a couple bucks a month, I guess. At least a couple bucks. I mean, I mean, how how often do you use your Netflix? I, I'm just curious. Well, so. I guess it just depends. I think actually I use my Netflix more now for Netflix originals than anything else. Like one of my, some of my favorite shows uh, that I used to watch on Netflix, like 30 Rock, uh, those left and went over to Hulu, but it doesn't matter because I also have Hulu. So I don't really care how things jump around, but yeah, on Netflix, I'm mainly just watching Netflix originals at the moment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, we don't watch Netflix now as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of on the um, the point where I'm just like I don't know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, should I? I mean, should I keep it? Should I not keep it? So, well, the thing is, you're very vigilant about keeping your digital library bolstered with the Marvel movies and the Disney movies when they come out. So you you know you own them outright. You got them ready, queued up on your Apple TV, ready to go. But like me and a lot of people out there, I would assume that they don't own them necessarily and you know maybe they just watch them when they come to netflix or they watch them on their cable tv whenever they drop on uh, whatever network that they air them on but it actually is kind of cool knowing that when this disney streaming service comes out it could come out with literally all of the marvel movies on it ready to stream and, and that Wars. means yeah and that means like there's what there's like 17 of these movies now right or oh or, um, uh, um there's there'll be 20 at least by by then yeah yeah so if you had if you had to go out and buy all of those movies that's going to be like four hundred dollars to own all of these marvel movies when you could just pay probably eight bucks a month for the streaming service since they said they're gonna they're gonna charge based on the size of their smaller catalog so you could just like own all of the movies and watch them whenever you want for just a couple bucks a month the only downside is, is I don't know if they're going to put special features on there, but that would be cool. I would love special features. That would be new. I haven't seen any streaming service that's done that except for HBO, and they just tack that onto the end of their episodes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'd be cool. So Disney streaming service, get all your shit in one place. That's, that's their that's new tagline. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, because not only would you get the movies, you get their TV shows. Um, could you imagine them having setting up a playlist? Here's the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order. Oh like, my gosh! You would never leave the house. Like you, like <laughs> you wouldn't have to do. I mean, I already own it all, but I wouldn't have to do the work for it. You know? Um, yeah, that's true. That's that's because a lot of people are like, how should I watch this? What should I do? And they're like, well, here it is chronologically. Here it is release date. You know, I don't know. There's just a lot of cool things they could do with it. Um, like here's the, all your '90s Disney movies that you love. Like here's the '90s playlist stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. The idea of playlist hasn't really been, you know, done. Like a whole lot, I guess, by streaming services. And Disney yeah. has that opportunity to make them. 
Yeah, I feel I've I've actually really wanted like playlists on Netflix for a while now. Um, maybe more in the past when they had more of my older TV shows that I liked. But you know, when like the holidays come around, like Christmas, I don't necessarily want to go out and watch all of the Christmas movies. They're all great, but I want to watch all of like the Christmas episodes from my favorite TV shows. Mm-hmm. So it'd be it'd be cool to stream all of those together in a playlist. So it's like, oh, here is my playlist of all the Christmas episodes from my favorite sitcoms, and I can just kind of watch those and like play them on show. That would be cool. Get to work, Netflix. I want that. Yeah, or Hulu, which, whichever one. I don't care. Yeah, Just yeah, whatever you want to do. Do it because that's a great idea, and pay us for it because we're awesome. <laughs> Give me residuals for some weird reason. That's right. So we're gonna jump gears into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Actually, uh, Captain Marvel um, news: Jude Law is rumored to be cast as Doctor Walter Lawson, who is also known as Marvel, the original Captain Marvel in the comic books. Mm. Jude Law is making a resurgence here lately, uh, between <laughs> Dumbledore and now a Marvel role. Um, Wasn't he, isn't he also the young Pope too in that HBO show? Yeah, I he, think I think he is. He's he's bouncing around. He's getting roles. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with this. I, I don't know what, how they would use Marvel and Captain Marvel, but whatever. It would, yeah. It would be, I don't know how weird it would be if they actually used Marvel's real name because it's like really his name is Marvel, but then you have Captain Marvel all within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is too much. You're, well, you're stroking your own ego a little bit too much with that word. <laughs> but he was he was Captain Marvel and like died of cancer, and then he's one of those deaths untouchable deaths in the marvel comics books mm-hmm. um and then that's what led to carol danvers she got her powers and like looked up to him as like a mentor and then took on the mantle of captain marvel mm-hmm. um what what they're gonna do with it i don't know with the scrolls being the villains and potentially ben Mendelssohn as the main villain uh from rogue one i mean, I don't know i'm excited to see what captain marvel brings uh there's a lot of questions because it's also set in the 90s this is new. Mm-hmm. Like this is a bold move for Marvel, being in yeah. space and um, in uh, in another time frame. Yeah, and this is our first uh, female-led uh, superhero movie too. So, well, from Marvel. From Sorry, Marvel, be, yeah. Be specific. I'm not trying to undercut Wonder Woman over there, but Wonder Woman uh, movie. Yeah, this will be cool to see what they end up doing. Yeah, and while um, we were talking here, I actually have a some breaking news, Mike. This is oh, uh, is the is is it door busting? <laughs> it's shut shut up. <laughs> uh, um, so Star Wars or not Star Wars Avengers Infinity War footage from the trailer has leaked online. Oh my gosh! Breaking news right here on Sunday. Um, what we we asserted that this trailer would probably be dropping what Monday next week. Yeah, like dis- December or something. Yeah, at least uh, a week and a half before Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not official footage. This is several one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Vimeo clips. Oh wow! <laughs> um, and I talked last week about foot the the still shots we had mm-hmm. on Comic Con. These are the actual footage from those still shots. So there's a lot of them here. I haven't looked at them, but I have and- saved local copies before they take them offline. It makes me think that maybe they'll push the release of this trailer possibly sooner because this has happened before. I Maybe you can remember, but I don't recall what Marvel movie it was, but that footage did leak. And then they were just like, okay, well, we're just going to go ahead and give you the trailer now then because we don't want just this leak footage just hanging around out there getting all the views. Yeah, and this, this is very – this isn't cam footage. This is clear footage, Mike. Like this, uh-huh. like looking at the screenshots, looking at the – I just watched the first one to make sure it was real because we've already had the wool pulled over our eyes this week. Right? <laughs> uh, check your sources. 
Um, this is very clear footage. And this, oh my gosh, the first one looks awesome. I don't know if you want to wait for it. I'm gonna go through it after we're done and look at it. One of these clips is over 90 seconds long, Mike. Whoa, I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna watch okay. it, but you should put the link in our show notes because maybe if somebody makes it to our podcast this week as fast as possible, maybe that link will still be up. Yes, if it is not there, reach out to me on Twitter, Valdan V A L D A N. I have local copy saved. I will hook you up, bro. So. <laughs> You're so sneaky. Do you have like an extension on your browser to download stuff from Vimeo like right away? Uh, I do use a lot of, um, I have a YouTube one and it works with a lot of other regular video places. So yeah, okay. uh, mostly for work because I'm always, the YouTube compression on videos is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And when you upload videos to Facebook people, they go to 720 automatically. So downloading the 1080 from YouTube of a video I upload and post on Facebook saves me a ton of bandwidth. Oh, there you go. So, there you go. Now you know. So leak trailer footage. I have it. You want it. Get at me, bro. <laughs> I have it. You want it. But speaking of things, this is all in space. Marvel has is not shying away from space at all. Uh, Guardians, Thor Ragnarok, Captain Marvel, Infinity War, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5, Mike. All in space, right? Mm-hmm. The first 17 minutes of Season 5 was released for Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. To, I think yesterday? Yeah, and, and you... You said that this is coming off of like a two-hour premiere, right? Premiere. This Friday, December 1st, um, I think at 9 or 10, whenever Inhumans was airing, mm-hmm. um, which is like the death spot for most TV shows, by the way. <laughs> um, but they gave the first 17 minutes. You can go get it on YouTube. You can find it. I'll put. A, I'll make sure it's linked here. But they also teased something's being released today for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they've not said what it is. Oh. And it's not up anywhere I'm finding it, so hopefully it's not this Infinity War footage. Because, like, that would just be a kick in the nuts, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, But I'm thinking, you know, this this show's coming up. Um, We have also confirmation that these aliens in it are not the uh, brood, but they are called the Vrelnexians. Oh, geez. Okay. (laughs) And they look like cockroach little creatures, and they're, like, indistinguishable from each other. But they're hive minds led by a queen, which is a lot like broods. But they have, like, technology. They can travel to space and stars. So... Um, we're going to get some new aliens called the Vrelnexians, CGI aliens all over the place. All right, there we go. I'm looking forward to see if uh, Coulson can destroy them. Does he still have that robot hand? Is he oh, gonna, he like, does, yeah. All right. So yeah, a big just... question is, and this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set in the future, because like, oh, the, like these are the saviors of Earth, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. So we don't know a lot of questions going into this season, and I'm really looking forward to this two-hour premiere, um, setting up the, the this fifth and potentially last season of the show. Balls to the wall. Balls to the wall, busting down the doors. That's right. And another another TV series from Marvel that was kind of set in space was Inhumans. Uh, season one ended a couple weeks ago um, because Shield's now taking this time slot. And I ended up watching most, I think, episodes three through ten in like a two day period when they all came out at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you kind of wanted to know what I thought of it. Yeah, because we ended up doing a review of the first two episodes because we went out and spent the money and watched them in IMAX on big old fancy screens. And we came back and we let the audience out there know what we thought about it. And we basically said it's better than we thought it was going to be. But I'm really curious how it held up over the episodes because I I didn't watch any more of it. I mean, I can't do that to myself. There's just too much out there to watch. And I don't think I could dedicate time to Inhumans like you could because you're such a big fan of Inhumans. So Inhumans to me, the oh, if you map out all eight episodes on a chart, it looks like a check mark. Um, one is okay, two is meh, three is 
pretty bad, but then from four to eight, it picks right back up. Um, while it's not the best show out there, it is by far way better than watching um, Iron Fist. <laughs> and I think I had more fun with it than watching um, eight episodes of Defenders. Wow, I'm, I'm surprised. Do you? I mean, I guess do you think this show has a future? Because for the longest time, we were thinking that this first season was going to be the only season. Oh, shit. I don't think this has a future on its own. Uh, <laughs> there is no Inhuman season two. No one is writing that out there in, with high hopes anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, but this show was not as bad as I thought. It's, it's got it's very like soap opera style acting at a couple points. Some of the actors are very hard, but like the guy who played Black Bolt, Karnak, Gorgon, really cool. Really enjoyed them throughout. But what I want to see, so at the end of Inhuman season one, possible spoiler, they say there's a bigger threat out there, and Black Bolt was chosen as king because he has the ability to stop this bigger threat out in the space. Uh-huh. Like, so I'm thinking bring in humans in the shield because they're out in space dealing with this hive mind who wants to take over civilizations mm-hmm. and these real nexians are what black bolt is been he got his powers to stop like he is his powers can stop these real nexians so on earth they have to go get the inhumans who are now on earth and somehow team them up with colson and his team later on in the season to use their powers to stop the this invasion from happening I mean, you might as well, if you went to the trouble of e- of even creating the Inhumans TV show, you might as well loop them back in the S.H.I.E.L.D. There's no reason to keep them standalone, you know? Yeah, and, and, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. knows Inhumans happen, and Humans knows S.H.I.E.L.D. happens. It, it's, I don't know, I just, I think it's perfect to bring, like, you've got the actors, you, you, you're not going to do anything else with them, bring them back in, let them both have a nice closing together on this show. Um, that way, because S.H.I.E.L.D.'s good. And if they're in space bringing this bigger threat back, why not bring in a super-powered Inhuman with a you know voice to stop something? Like, tie it all in together. It's, it's, it's a perfect bow on this little 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 package here. I'm yeah, thinking. I mean, even if you don't think it worked out well enough for a season two, like, you put in the legwork. You might as well loop it in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and try to make some sort of cool, bombastic ending, especially if this may be the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and Shield has, I think, a better team um, of people handling the show now. Like the writers, the the showrunners, they all know what they need to do and how to make it work. And the people in charge of Inhumans did Iron Fist and like fucking butchered them both. So <laughs> don't let them near it. Bring in these new people, use them appropriately, and you won't have any wasted time or money out there. There you go. Listen to Chris. That's what I'm thinking. It's not the best show out there by any means. Don't don't let me fool you. But <laughs> it, it was like the last four episodes were so easy to watch. And I, I respect that. So it didn't feel like it was going on forever. This weekend, however, a couple other movies came out this weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, um, that mm-hmm. we're not going to do spo- reviews over, review episodes. But I want to talk about it a little bit because I got to go see Coco and you end up watching Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Coco, the newest Pixar movie, uh, coming out that just came out and and my wife, big Disney, bigger Pixar fan, absolutely loves it. She's in the Spanish culture and the day of the dead stuff. Mm -hmm. And I got to say that this movie is, is really good. Um, but it is not probably the best Pixar movie to date. Um, if you had to pick from your Pixar movies, what would your favorite one be, Mike? 
Man, my favorite Pixar movie would probably be Wall-E. I think that just fit that just hits me at a lot okay. of intersections when it comes to what I like. But um, uh, I've I've heard uh, Coco does have some more emotional components to it, kind of like how Inside Out did. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, I mean, it definitely it's got a lot of it's about family and you know um, who is family, what is family, and how does music play a part of your life. But the thing is. Disney movies are mostly musical. Pixar is very not a musical film company. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I like they tried to put the music in there, but the music didn't really resonate, or they didn't have a big part of it. And I think that really, since this whole movie is about music and and what does music do for life and and family, and it just it just fell kind of flat on that note. But it did. It's a beautiful movie. You would be doing yourself an injustice if you had an inkling to watch it and not go see it in theaters. Oh, that's a that's a pretty high praise. Um, I've got to say, and and this is you know coming from me, not not a person like you in graphic design. The hair on every character except the main boy uh-huh. looks the most realistic hair I've ever seen in any animated <laughs> film to date. I love it. Like every time a Pixar movie comes out, there's always like some sort of like in depth algorithm that they probably put a bunch of nerds in a closet for months for to figure out like how to. We got to make hair look more real. This is the benchmark for Pixar movies. If that hair isn't looking better every movie, you're fired. So it is funny to hear that the hair just get better and better. It does, and the main character looks the most cartoony. But like they've really pushed like the the scope of how like all these other characters look and how realistic they look. Mm-hmm. And um, this is definitely a product of that uh and it looks good the main character is still very cartoony very soft features but Mm. the rest they really delve into those details and i i really appreciate that about this movie uh did you and or your wife cry during the movie chris it's okay to admit okay (laughs) i I didn't i didn't i i don't i don't usually get those you're emotionless on the inside did you cry during inside out no oh man you're dead inside what about the first 10 minutes of up uh, I saw it much later than it came out, so no. Oh, man, you're heartless, man. I am, a, <laughs> I am cold and heartless. Now, I, I will say, I mean, I like Inside Out and um, what was the other one that came out? Finding Dory better mm-hmm. um, than Coco, but it is way better than the bottom barrel of Pixar, like Cars 2 and Monsters University. And, and, and a good dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh yeah, I mean, I recommend it to see it. Like, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite. Like, it's not the best one, but uh, I, I definitely think it is a great Pixar addition to to that family. So I gotta say, cool. I, I like that. Awesome, man. And then you saw Hey Arnold: The Jungle Movie, which is on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's right. So if you are unaware. Uh, I believe Hey Arnold ended its run at Nickelodeon. I think the last episode aired, I want to say 2003. So this was very, this was like kind of an older kind of classical Nicktoon that uh, I grew up watching and loved. And so did my wife. And uh, they ended the series on a cliffhanger, but it was because the creator, Craig Bartlett, specifically asked Nickelodeon. He was just like, hey, do you think we're going to get another season? Because there's a thing that I kind of want to do with the end of this last episode. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're probably definitely going to get another season. So he ends his show, his series on this big cliffhanger where Arnold is like trying to find out where his parents are because the whole series he's raised by his grandparents. So the whole series ends on this cliffhanger and then they don't renew the show. Then all these fans have just been pissed for like, you know, 15 plus years that they haven't figured out the origins of what happened to his parents and stuff like that. So 
They finally, Nickelodeon's doing this whole thing where they're going back to some of their older cartoons, and instead of rebooting them into the series, they're rebooting them into standalone event kind of TV movies. So that's what they did with Hey Arnold. This was the first one. They're going to do Rocco's Modern Life next. Yes. Then then um, Invader Zim, which will, I'm sure, get a lot of news around because that was a really cult smash hit. I have a strong feeling that they're probably going to do Angry Beavers as well. But Hey Arnold is the one that is done. It's out there. It aired the day after Thanksgiving. Me and my wife were very excited to watch it. And surprisingly, this went almost as well as it possibly could have. You know, this you know this was basically nostalgia in the movie, going back to a, some, a cartoon that you loved as a kid. And they did a really, really great job kind of bringing all the characters back, kind of servicing all of the storylines that you're kind of curious how they wrapped up. Um, smaller characters come back in, in small amounts, so you get just enough of them did, that you need. I, got, I gotta ask, my favorite character was Stoop Kid, Mike. Did, does, do we get <laughs> yes. to see Stoop Kid off his stoop, or is he on his stoop? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so they do a really clever thing in this movie where actually you can go on YouTube because I think they released this clip because it's one of the clips that I saw at Comic-Con this year when I went to the Hey Arnold panel where basically there's this way that they're able to kind of look back at some of the older moments in the Hey Arnold show and kind of they cleverly tie it into the movie. So Stoop Kid does show up in that. So you do get to see Stoop Kid again. And actually that moment is actually pretty emotional. The first time I saw it at Comic-Con, I was like welling up a little bit and they uh, they put it, you know, it's still in this movie. So maybe you'll, everyone out there will get a chance to well up. But yeah, it worked really, really well. It, 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 they found a way to... Um, to make it all make sense with the history of his parents and where they were and the jungle. So I don't want to spoil anything. It was really, really good. This gives me a lot of high hopes for the, for the standalone Nickelodeon movies going forward. I have no idea if maybe there's ulterior motives here and they're using these movies as like a testing ground to see if maybe they want to bring these series back. But all I can say is hair and the jungle movie could have been a disaster and uh, no one would have been surprised, but it was actually very, very good. So if you if you're a Hey Arnold fan out there, go watch the Jungle movie. Yeah, awesome. I know my wife is, so we'll probably have to watch it. Uh, and then speaking of things, my wife really enjoys. She likes the Disney movie Big Hero Six, and it's getting mm-hmm. the TV treatment as well, um, in an animated show. I think Tangled has their own. So now Big Hero Six, and it's on Disney XD. It's called The Return of Baymax. And yeah, the first two episodes premiered, and I believe that was the title of two of them together. Okay, and did you get to watch those? I have not. Yeah, I had a chance to watch it. It was it aired at the beginning of the week before the holidays, so it came out with a little less pomp and circumstance. But you know, I decided to pick it up and give it a give it a look. They released some kind of promotional art for it a few weeks ago, and it looked really cool. But when, once you actually get the show going and it's airing, the art style is a little jarring at first. There's a lot of hard corners and edges, not a lot of smooth-looking characters. Even Baymax, who is a very smooth character, has kind of some angular lines to his legs. So you kind of got to get used to the art style a little bit. It kind of uh, doesn't mesh well with what we saw on the big screen with full 3D rendered kind of Pixar-y kind of looking Disney characters. Um, but I things I did like about it is it does pick off pick up almost exactly where the movie left off. And they reference the movie very openly and talk about what it was like being heroes that one time. So it is nice that they can make a TV cartoon series tied directly to the movie and they're not, they're not worried about people thinking back to that. But 
I think overall that the TV show maybe just isn't for us. I think it's slanted slightly too young for me to really be engaged by. Um, so kind of some of the themes that they're, that they dealt with in the movie were really adult. You know, they dealt with the death of his brother and, you know, a single mom. And there's lots of kind of almost like he was kind of like doing crime at the beginning of the movie with those robot fights. So uh, some of that serious stuff doesn't necessarily transfer over to the cartoon show, but it's kind of cool that this is out there and it's being made. So I don't know, maybe if you got some younger kids out there that liked uh, Big Hero 6, the, the movie, they'll probably love the TV show. But um, maybe if you kind of wanted to see where the characters are now in their life, maybe go watch the, these, these first two episodes. But I don't think you need to invest in, in the series. Yeah, I find that a lot of the um, TV movies or the first movies based off another show tend to be very, very children-oriented, uh, referencing like the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the movie, um, the mm-hmm. CGI movie. Very, very, very children-based, but that show got dark over time and like serious and it evolved. So maybe maybe it could evolve a little bit, but uh, on Disney XD, I don't know how much room it has to breathe over there. Yeah, so. that's true. So, yeah, totally. So there's a lot of stuff out there people can watch right now if they're not into watching, uh, going to the theaters to see um, Justice League or or even, you know, The Punisher we talked about on our review episode. But you can definitely go find Coco, Hey Arnold, The Jungle Movie, or The Return of Baymax, and it'll be just fine. So um, Yeah, there you go. That's it. That's our, holiday, that's our holiday episode, Mike. This is our last one for November. We're wrapping up the year in December. Um, I'm really excited about it. But if people want to know what you're up to, how you're spending the holidays or whatever is going on, where can people find you at? Well, you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to keep up with you and see if you're busting down any doors, uh, where can they follow you? You son of a bitch. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at Volan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I will have the leaked Avengers Infinity War footage there for you. I will be answering any questions on it. Let me know. Uh, we'll go that. You can head over to Comic UI. I might post it up on there since uh, you actually have to click over there to get to it. Um, you can search Filmside Chats and listen to that. Or you can head over to YouTube, search the DNN, and find out my videos I do on Destination Nation, such as opening up uh, new statues, figures, and stuff like that. Uh, if people want to know more about what we do, Mike, we, have, we do this. We do movie and TV review episodes. Where can people find more of us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show and to get our awesome show notes. So like Chris said, he's putting links to those leaked footage in our notes, and if you can get to them fast enough, maybe they'll still be up. But that's what our show notes are for, and that's why they're awesome. So you can get all that stuff there, and you can also find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get us right in your email inbox every week, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you're a fan of the show and want to wear some merch, we got some Superhero Slate uh, t-shirts and hoodies and stickers and all that kind of stuff at superheroslate.com slash store and uh, if, if you want to leave us a review on our show we really appreciate that we, uh, we really love that love and that would be one of the best gifts that you could give us for the holiday season is uh, just dropping us a review and if you want to leave us um, if you want to leave us as a, as a super friend if you want to be a super friend of the show all you got to do is uh, share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week and stay tuned because soon we'll be talking Star Wars return no not return Returning of Star Wars, but The Last Jedi. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever Mike just said. Star Wars is our next review episode. We're excited. Hopefully we get a Star Wars battle cry out of Mike for this one. 
a lot of questions, a lot of answers. Really excited for it. December's looking good, Mike. December's looking great. Let's end this year with a bang. So, All right. Uh, but how about we just end this episode with a whimper? Uh, doorbusters. Uh, bye, everybody. Uh, <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. But he can take a hit. I want to see him punish things.